Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Selena Allsworth. She grew up in a rural Alaskan village that shares her family name. So that is kind of what she's here to talk about, her life and everything Alaska. Uh, So I'm excited to hear from her today. So Selena, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, first off, thank you so much, Sarah. This is a crazy fun opportunity to be able to share more of my life and my story with you and so many others. Um, But to introduce myself, hi, my name is Selena, and I live in a remote Alaskan village that shares my last name, where the only way in and out is by airplane. The nearest store is 200 miles away. And there's about uh, 200 people that live here year-round um, and four generations of my family that live here. Um, I posted a TikTok uh, September of 2020, just kind of introducing, you know, my life and my story out here. And it just blew up. Like, I didn't, like, edit it or anything. It was just, you know, put it out there. Like, okay, we'll just see where, <laughs> what happens with this. And then people just started getting interested and wanted to hear more of, you know, my family story, my story, what it's like living out here in remote Alaska. And it's exciting to be able to share it with so many people. And I know a lot of people ask like how my last name and the village name are the same. And the answer is (laughs) my great grandparents homesteaded here on an agricultural homestead in the 1940s. So my great-grandfather was from Minnesota. He came to Alaska to pursue aviation, and that's where he met my great-grandmother, who's this tough little Alaska native lady. And they met in her village of Pilot Point, and literally a couple months later, were married and started their homestead here right on Lake Clark. And they basically had to prove that they could live off the land out here, and if they could, you know, They were given, uh, I can't remember the exact amount of land, but, you know, they had gardens, they had animals out here, um, they started building our runway, you know, more people started moving in, and now it's what it is today, a thriving little village of 200 people (laughs) year-round. That's so great. So, obviously, you know, born and raised, have you ever gotten the chance to leave Alaska for a long period of time or like wanted to be somewhere else for like, you know, later in life? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually went to college um, for three years. Two of those years were in Oregon and then I transferred to uh, Virginia. And so I did three years, you know, East Coast, West Coast kind of got get to experience the whole thing. And really just felt called to come back to Alaska and finish off my senior year here. So I transferred to online, moved back here, started working for the family businesses even more. And because that's just really where I want to be, just working for, you know, the different family businesses we have. And so you mentioned the runway, you know, being so far away from a store. So how is it that you shop and like, you can't just... (laughs) Oh, I forgot the milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for me, like I use Fred Meyers online and I can just go ahead and make my own grocery order online and they will 
um, it's kind of like with Instacart, you know, they'll text me and tell me if things are available, if things aren't available, and it gets sent to the air taxi, which my grandfather owns an air taxi. I work for that air taxi in the wintertime. Um, usually I call ahead of the air taxi saying, hey, I have an order being dropped off. And they'll, so they know it's coming because sometimes, you know, people just come drop off orders and leave or there's, it's a busy, busy air taxi. So there's a lot of stuff coming in and out. So if they know something's coming from me and I tell them about what time it's coming, they know it's coming from me. Um, so they'll drop it off. It gets packaged into like fridge, frozen, perishable, different boxes and just stored properly until it can make its way out here. And being in Port Allsworth, it's really unique because we are like the closest village to Anchorage um, on the routes that these planes take to like way deep down south, like King Cove, Sandpoint, places like that, like close to or on the Aleutian chain of Alaska. So it's easier for us to be able to get groceries compared to places way down there. Um, and when groceries come, you have to ship them. So you're also paying for shipping. Out here, it's about 90 cents a pound to ship your groceries. So, yeah, a lot of people end up buying, you know, powdered stuff, dried stuff, so it's not as bulky. I really crave, like, fresh fruit. So, a couple weeks ago, I made a grocery order. It was the new year. I was like, okay, I need to just order what I can, whatever I can. So, a lot of canned foods, frozen stuff, and bananas were, like, my number one thing. I'm like, I need bananas. So, I told uh, whoever was doing my Instacart shopping just texted him and said, hey, can you find the greenest bananas? Because I know, you know, those are going to last the longest out here compared to ones that are already turning brown and have to use them up quick. But yeah, it all gets shipped out here via airplane. Um, I usually get a call saying that they're either arriving or that they're here at the air taxi and I'll just walk right in, go pick it up and leave. It's definitely unique and different. <laughs> right, exactly. So how far is it that you leave uh, the island? So it's actually not an island because it's, it's hard to explain because I know a lot of people like have that misconception, you know, that it is an island because, you know, the only way in and out is by airplane and there's lots of water, but we're on a lake in the middle of like, in not interior Alaska, but it is interior um, Alaska. And because of like the mountains, there are no access roads to here. So the only way in and out is to fly. But to leave here, I think the last time I left was in December. So actually like what, a month ago, um, I was a chaperone for the high school volleyball team. So I got to go with them when they went to the state competition but I usually leave probably every three months or so. It really depends if I need a doctor's appointment or uh, need to go shopping myself, things like that. So then what sort of amenities are in Port Allsworth? So we do have, let's see, what do we have here? <laughs> in the summertime, see, like our main thing here is tourism. Like that's the main economy of mm -hmm. Port Allsworth. So in the summertime, like there is like a little food truck. So you can go get a burger or a milkshake. Like the milkshakes are eight bucks, but still it's a 16 ounce milkshake. It's, it's worth it in our opinion. Um, we have like our family with our business, we have a lodge and attached to that, we have a little gift shop that 
has like coffee and stuff so people can come in and get sweet treats and coffees. Um, we do have a clinic here, like a health clinic, um, just like with a health aid. They can't do anything serious, but you know, it's like basic care stuff. <sighs> like volunteer fire department, but like besides like things like fun to do and like necessities and stuff, there is really no, like there's no bowling alleys. There's no place to just go shopping. I miss Target. I will literally fly to Anchorage just to go to Target because I miss it so much. Um, but yeah, there's none of that kind of stuff out here. So a lot of people just, you play outside, you go out and just adventure. In the summertime, it's getting in a float plane and flying somewhere. We did that a lot as a family growing up and then our family outgrew the float plane. So then we had to do like boat trips and we still do that uh, twice every summer. We go out on the boat on Lake Clark as a family do a lot of fishing and hiking, camping, exploring. In the wintertime, it's ice skating and skiing and snow machining and sledding. So much fun. And how, like, what is the weather like? Because when you think Alaska, <laughs> I feel like the general perception is always, like, really cold. And, like, for me, in the past couple of weeks, it's gotten down to, like, single digits in Fahrenheit. And I'm like, that is, that is too cold. I don't want cold. I wish it wasn't snowing. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly really depends because like November of this year, we reached like negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which that is not normal. And we have, you know, Port Alsworth is on a little bay connected to Lake Clark. And normally that bay is frozen, you know, with a foot of ice by like late December. Well, it was like that in the end of November. So it was really cold. And right now it's currently what, like 40 something degrees and the snow has turned to ice. And like my sister and I went ice skating on the runway yesterday because it was a better ice skating place than the actual frozen bay. Um, and even like in the summertime, it's, it's hard to say. Sometimes you can get a warm summer of almost 90 degrees. That's what it was like in 2019. Um, but like this summer, I think we got like 80 degrees, probably like three times out of the whole summer. Like it was just, it was cold. It was in the sixties most of the summer. And is your tourist season like just the height of summer or is it a little bit longer? It is the height of summer. Like our, so we have a lodge, like a summer lodge here in Port Allsworth that my family runs. And it goes from the end of May to like the very end of September, beginning of October. So it's usually towards like the end of September when people stop coming through here. And a lot of people come through here because this is like the home base for Lake Clark National Park. Like The visitor center is here. People can stay here and fly out and explore more of the national park. Um, staying with us, both Lake Clark and Katmai National Park. So get a lot of people, you know, here for those those two reasons, mostly. Now, you mentioned the school being very small. <laughs> what was it like? Like, what was your schooling system like? And then compared to going to the States for some of your college? Oh, my gosh. So, like, our school is K through 12. When I first started school, there's probably less than 20 students in the whole school and only two teachers. By the time I graduated high school, I think my graduating class was seven kids total. That was the largest one they had until about 2020 when there was 10 kids that graduated. 
and we had 60 kids in the whole school, 20 kids in the high school and, you know, seven teachers. Like it just boomed. So we had a very intimate, you know, relationship with everybody. You did everything together, even though like I, I am not a sports person. I did volleyball for like, we did mix six volleyball. So co-ed volleyball, but basketball was not my thing, but because, you know, they needed a person on the team. I'd freshman and sophomore year, I just did basketball because that's what everyone else was doing. (laughs) When you go to a small school, you kind of just do things because they need an extra person to do it, you know? So it was a lot of fun and just very personable. And I had a great relationships, you know, with all my friends and teachers and the teachers really poured just a lot into us kids um, inside of school and outside of school. And so when I first was going to college, I was at a college that was, you know, less than a thousand students. I thought that would be perfect, but, you know, it didn't offer everything that I wanted to study. So I transferred to you know, the largest Christian school on in the whole U.S., Liberty University. And <laughs> there was thousands and thousands of students. And honestly, it was a, it was a shock to me because, like, I was used to, you know, leaving Alaska every year or so like my family grew up going to like Hawaii or Disneyland stuff like that so it's like I've been out of Alaska been in groups of people but when you're in a huge room with thousands and thousands of students it was very overwhelming like my I could point out like my whole little town could fit in this tiny little section in this huge like (laughs) pavilion area which was crazy but cool and really just grew me. I loved my time like in college. Now, do other people like the people that you graduated with, have they left Alaska and started roots elsewhere or do people kind of tend to stay? Um it's kind of a mix of both. I think in my graduating class there's a lot of people that are here in Alaska. They're not here in Port Ellsworth anymore, but they're in know Anchorage and they've pursued aviation and um, their teachers, they are dental hygienists. There's people that have also moved to the lower 48 and just work there um, because they've gone to college and fallen in love with the state that they went to college in. So it's kind of a, it's a mix of both, but people returning back here, I'm the only one who has returned back. So then, you know, you return back, you know, for family businesses. So what is it, you've mentioned the lodge, um, what is it that you do for the various family businesses? Yeah, so in the summertime, I I say I'm the kitchen manager, which is just a small part of my job because I do a lot of other different stuff. I like help book the clients. I do all the hiring for our lodge. Um, I do all the training for the incoming staff all sorts of stuff like that. And then I also, you know, get to go out and explore with our clients and create content for, you know, TikTok and Instagram, stuff like that to help promote the business. And I only do that, you know, the lodge season is May through October. So the rest of the year, I work for my grandfather's air taxi and I, it's an office job. It's part-time, which is awesome because I work (laughs) a lot in the summer. So it's nice to have kind of a, a slower paced winter and, um, it's in with the air taxi, it's coordinating flights, um, flight following airplanes, things like that. And I like it. It's so much fun. 
which is good. That's why you came back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, are you able to fly? Do you have any sort of like flying abilities? No. <laughs> I, I'm actually scared of flying, which living in a place like this, you shouldn't be scared of flying, <laughs> but I am. And I know it's an irrational fear because I completely trust all our pilots. Like I know that none of our pilots would put me or themselves or any of their passengers in a situation where they wouldn't be able to return home to their families. And like, I am great friends with our mechanics and they do an awesome job, like keeping the planes just in perfect shape. All the people that just clean the planes and put freight in there and, you know, just every little part of the business, like they really do take care of us and the people. So there's really no reason for me to be scared, but I am. <laughs> and I told myself I'd solo an airplane one of these days. And I haven't gotten to it yet. And I use the excuse of, oh, you, you know, college, I'll just do it after college. But I graduated in 2020. It's been two years. I need to actually do it. So who knows? This could this could be the year I overcome my fear and actually fly an airplane by myself. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like a lot of people who like live on a lake will, you know, kind of get behind the wheel of the boat. And obviously it's very different, you know, being in water mm -hmm. versus being in the air you're not just gonna like get in a plane at five years old and you know kind of pilot um yeah. so can you talk a little bit about what it's like to get around yeah so the only way in and out of here is by airplane like there is one other village that's you know a couple miles south of us and you can get there on in a boat in the summertime or you know you can snow machine there in the winter but again there's nothing there besides you know friends there's no stores there's no there is a clinic but you know we have a clinic here now so it's not any pressure to go there or whatever so yeah the only way to travel is by airplane and so if you want to go to the store or to uh or doctor's appointments things like that you just, you hop on an airplane, whether that's your friend going into town and they have an extra seat and you can hitch a ride with them or flying commercially on one of the air taxis. It's just how you do it. And in high school too, like we, we did sports. So I did volleyball, you know, a mixed six team, that's six people. You need to go travel, play against someone else. You can't do that here because there's no other schools here besides some of the adults playing against us. So you know, we hop on a plane and you can fit nine passengers on that airplane. So that's what, six kids, the coach, a chaperone and one sub. Like you can fit them all on a plane and you go to another village or you go on the road system and compete against whatever schools, whether it's a all girls team because you need to scrimmage and get the practice in or another mix six team. Um, yeah, it's just that's how you travel. You fit the whole team into a plane or two planes and just head out. And then what is it like um, using uh, a snare machine as primary transport uh, around, around town? Yeah, it's to me, it's normal. Like I know a lot and even like a four wheeler, like I just bought my first four wheeler um, last month and that's my first vehicle I've ever owned a four wheeler. 
And that's like, you know, those uh, four-wheeler and snow machine, they're the number one mode of transportation here. So growing up, I never thought of them as like, you know, oh, just a fun, exploring, adventurous type of a machine. Because, you know, that's what a lot of people in the lower 48 associate them as. It's more of this is how we just get around. You just get on a snow machine or mom's or dad is going to drive the snow machine. And, oh, they have a couple sleds hooked up to the back. I'm just going to sit in the sled and we're going to drive to the school. And that's how we get to school or that's how we get to church or that's how we get to grandma's or auntie's house, like stuff like that. So it's just to me, it's just so even still, it's so normal of a way to get around. I'm like, legally, do you need a license or, or anything <laughs> like that? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think so out here. There's like, there's no, there are rules, you know, like kids can't fly airplanes until they're 16 legally. Um, for four wheelers, like on the four wheeler itself, I can't remember what age it says you have to be, but does that necessarily, you know, apply out here? Not really. There's kids that are driving them. You know, your parents also, you know, you train your kids to be safe. These kids go slow. They're, they're trained because this is just, you know, that's just life out here. <laughs> so you'll see like a eight-year-old kid driving a four-wheeler around town and that's normal. And what is it? Because like all of these things, I feel like, you know, as you're saying, normal for you, odd for the mm -hmm. lower 48. Is there <laughs> uh -huh. anything, is there anything that you don't do or like something that you find is very abnormal that the lower 48 does? That the lower 48 does? You know, I, I can't think of anything because like, you know, I've gone to the lower 48, you know, off and on growing up and then lived there for three years. I think the kind of the biggest thing for me when I moved to like Oregon for school for two years, um, I was used to going to a store and, you know, when you go to the store with your parents, you're buying bulk items, big items type of stuff. So you want the biggest thing is cereal, the biggest gallon of milk or the biggest pack of milk, whatever. And then going to school where it's like, I'm just buying for myself. And it's like, oh, wow, like I don't have to buy huge things that I'm like used to watching my parents and helping my parents buy when I was at home and I would be in the city and not them, you know? So that was like a big adjustment for me. Like, oh, wow, I could just like walk to a store and grab raspberries if I wanted to. Like, I don't have to just wish I could have them like I do now. <laughs> so going back to a little bit about school and the small amount of people and, you know, having good relationships, kind of knowing every, everybody. What is it like, you know, like, do you experience drama when there's so few people and everyone knows everybody? Yes, there is small town drama. Like, I don't think you can ever escape that anywhere you go. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a small town. Of course, there's going to be some sort of drama. But I feel like people here are also really good about, you know, squashing it. You know, talking to people directly if there's ever drama. Mm -hmm. Now, do people move to where you are often? Actually, not super often. So there's not a whole lot of jobs here for people to just move or even houses. Um, that's one of the biggest demands here is like, yeah, people want to move here. You can be hired for 
as a pilot or a mechanic or as a someone at the park service or working with someone locally. Problem is housing because it's really expensive to build houses out here and whoever builds them, it's all private or some of the businesses. Like I live in a apartment building that's owned by the company I work for and it's currently full because they have tons of staff and yeah, we're still hiring mechanics and pilots and stuff. And we do have a couple of places open for them. But if it's like someone else who's not working for the company, you know, the company housing is for the company. Yeah, of course, other people can move in. But if it's company worker, it's first priority then. Um, but a lot of people, like there's different ministries that go on here, um, especially in the summertime where people come and they move in for that, working with that. Um, what else? The park service hires a lot of people. And they have their own housing and stuff too. But I'm trying to think of like the last family that moved here was probably like two years ago. Yeah. So it's it's not. Yeah. And I and I mean it makes sense as you said like the housing issue like how are you going to just build a house and and go through all of that 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 sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what is it like? being a fourth generation on like this is kind of you guys started it you know there's a bit of like a legacy per se I I just embrace it I love the family history and you know there's a lot after I started sharing my story more on TikTok just like how my grandparents or great-grandparents you know homesteaded here and how it's just built into what it is now um, you know, people just say like, you, you know, so much of your family history, like that is just so cool. Um, I just, I love hearing the stories that, you know, my grandfather tells and my dad tells about growing up here, living out here, um, way, way back in the day. Cause it's grown up like this place has just boomed ever since I was little and what I remember it as, as a little kid. Um, but yeah, I, I just embrace it. It's, it's the coolest life. <laughs> And there are a lot of people, you know, who come out in the summertime and they have a lot of questions about life out here. Um, since sharing my story on TikTok, too, we've had people come and stay at our lodge that have, you know, found me on TikTok there. Last summer, I think the craziest, craziest experience I had was I was out in the boat with clients and just got back uh, to the shore side, was at the our little gift shop, The Cash. And started walking home and I heard people screaming my name like, Selena, Selena from TikTok. And I turned around and there were these two couples who were here with um, Operation Heal Our Patriots, which is a lodge for wounded veterans run by Samaritan's Purse out here. And they came over and they're like, we follow you on TikTok. We heard so much about this place. Like, and we just like came here hoping we would meet you. Like, oh my goodness. So we took some pictures, we shared our stories, like it was just such like a awesome experience. And before that, like I kind of told my staff, like some of the TikTok stories, you know, and um, told them like, oh yeah, look at this video, or they'd help with videos and stuff. And it was like that moment when they realized, oh yeah, like Selena's kind of a big deal. Like, <laughs> this is really cool. Like a lot of people know about her in this place because of this one app. So it's been really cool and honestly an honor to be able to share my story, our story. It's not just my story. It's our story with the world. 
So has TikTok increased your family business or like tourism in general? Um, I, I would say so. Like there's a lot of people and I tell them, you know, when they fill out inquiries online, um, they can leave notes. I tell them, say you've found this out through TikTok. Like when my video went, uh, viral, which it got like 3 million views in September, 2020, which back then that was a lot of views for that time. Now that wouldn't be considered a lot of views, but for back then it was. And, um, Literally a week after that video came out, we had several inquiries coming in saying, hey, we found out about this place from Selena's TikToks, Selena's TikToks, Selena's TikToks, like over and over and over. And I was like the coolest thing ever. And so I know this summer um, there's going to be people that are coming that, you know, have met me through TikTok. I'm really excited to see them in person um, and be able to share more of my home with them and stuff like that. And then a lot of them, I don't find out that they're here until they're actually here, like this past summer. So this is, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. That's really great that that's, you know, like, a not intentional, bring in business, just, you know, you, you want to share your family story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is it that the rest of your family do since your family story is, is so integral to, to the area? Yeah. So a lot of our family, you know, they work for the family business, like the ones that are here. Um, my dad, like my grandfather, he owns the air taxi. He manages the air taxi. My father, um, he manages the lodge and my mom does that alongside of him. And Dad's awesome. He does like all the guiding and stuff and the float flying. He also is in the office booking all the clients. Like he does like three jobs. He's one person. Um, And so that's like also what I've been starting to do more of is like getting to know and do like all of that booking process. And to me, it's a puzzle. It's so much fun trying to like figure out all the little pieces together and how can we fit these people, uh, their stay. It's all custom packages too. So it's always a puzzle. How can we fit them into um, what they want to do into our schedule type stuff? Um, my mom, she runs a lot of the original homestead gardens in the summertime. And so she's down in the garden. She's making like schedules for the meal times. Um, and then there's me. I do a lot of the, you know, I said it before. I'm in the kitchen with people, training, hiring, all that process. Um, my sister, she actually, this was her last year with us, but because she, she's studying to be a doctor. Uh, she was in charge of like our whole cleaning and dining staff. So she would be the one training them, working alongside of them, all of that. My brother, he does guest relations and he's also a guide. My other brother is the same thing. He's a guide and guest relations type stuff. And then my youngest sister, she's 12. And so she's kind of too young to work. But growing up, she had these ducks that we would um, just keep right on the waterfront and our guests would love it when she would come down there and she would start doing her duck call and the ducks would come from all over just coming to her and she would feed them. So they called her the little duck princess. And so that's what she was known for for a long, long time. So it's like all of us kids in like in my family, you know, we all have a part into the family business, which is so much fun working together as a family to be able to share our home with so many people. Right. Now, obviously, you know, you are connected to the outer world. Um, What has it been like for you for COVID? 
Yeah, so we have had COVID here. And it was crazy because when COVID first happened, I was in Anchorage, like March of 2020. And I was working at the air taxi there. And I was also the school photographer for the school district, um, the local school district. So, no, I was there for in Anchorage for a week before going to travel again for school photos. Then COVID hit. And I was at the air taxi when all the flights got canceled. Like every, in the first half hour, everyone just canceled and flew back home literally the next day with my grandfather. And, you know, being so remote, you know, school shut down. Like we all just didn't know, you know, the whole world just didn't know what was going on. So it was just for being so remote and already not seeing a lot of people, it was crazy just to go walking outside just around town and not seeing a single person and it being so quiet. It was so weird. And thankfully, you know, the more um, everyone has just learned about it and like all the vaccines and everything that's been going on. um, It's just we still were able to have tourism in 2020, which was awesome because that was, you know, our main like source of income is tourism. And yeah, of course, it was a lot smaller, but we did have tourism that year. And then we had, you know, more of it in 2021 and we're going to have more of it this year. And yeah, we've had people here who have had COVID um, and it goes just around like in, you know, feel like it's just every once in a while it's there. You know, people just stay safe. They stay distance. A lot of people here are vaccinated too, which helps. So yeah, I personally have not got it. It's like what season three of COVID and have not gotten it yet. I don't know what, <laughs> why <laughs> me, but who knows? Right. Now, is it, you know, kind of like boring technical infrastructure type things? Um, I'm kind of going on an assumption that there's, you know, kind of like one internet provider, one TV provider sort of things. Like, do you have a lot of options when it comes to how to connect to digital entertainment, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, so there's, okay, so like the cell service provider is GCI, which is the only like cell service provider here in Alaska, like that works in rural Alaska. Um, And they also provide internet. Well, I think, I'm pretty sure the internet and the cell tower are like closely the same thing and everyone's on it and it's so crazy busy. So we all, most of people here have like satellite based um, internet. And it works for the most part, like I'm able to have this conversation with you and have the video and everything and it's working fine. And I'm able to like stream movies on Netflix and stuff like that out here too. So, you know, cell service, not necessarily the greatest, um, but my Wi-Fi works fine. (laughs) Really thankful for that because I'm able to do things like this and be able to, you know, Still watch a new movie that comes out instead of waiting forever and listen to the newest music too and stay connected on TikTok and all that stuff too. Yeah, I think I think that's great. Um because it's like I live in quote unquote rural Pennsylvania, but compared to rural Alaska, like we're talking completely different worlds. So it's like you get these <laughs> things where you don't have a lot of options, whereas like if you're in a big city, you know, you can do X, Y, and Z and be much more connected. Mm -hmm. 
And that's really the beauty of out here too. And a, a lot of the reasons why people love it out here and just feel so much at peace when they come and visit too is because, especially in the summertime, the internet connection is awful because the town goes from 200 people to about 400, 450 people um, because of all the tourism and the ministries going on here. So, you know, the cell tower gets overloaded, the different satellite-based internets and uh, tower-based internets get overloaded. So it's just really slow. So people who want to have, like, if we tried to do this in the summer, it just wouldn't work. That's that's the honest truth. But um, it's also a good time for people just to disconnect from the world and just to find just peace and relaxation and just be here in creation. And that's what I love about here, too, is, like, I have that option to just easily disconnect and be able to just, like, enjoy this place that I call home, too and not have to worry about what's going on on the news and what's going out on in the world. Like, I just, I can be disconnected from it. It's fine. Do you ever feel that being disconnected is a bad thing? Like, obviously, like, it's great to have the option to kind of be like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is where I'm going to be today. But does it, does it ever feel like it's not a good thing to be as connected? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I've never, because I grew up in this, too. Like, I never, ever have felt, like, needing to be connected and knowing what's going on in the world. Like, I feel like I've grown up in this whole, you know, not really a mentality of just, like, you know, just doing what I want to do. Oh, that's going on in the world. Oh, that's a bummer or that's sad. That's cool. Whatever, Whatever's going on. But it's, like, having that choice to see it instead of being constantly just bombarded with it that I feel like. I was when I was more connected and living in the lower 48, if that makes sense. So Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Do you ever feel like you are missing out on some things like concerts or different like big events that might not get to Alaska? Um, yeah, like there are definitely some things that I would want to do. Um that not necessarily you can do here in Alaska or like, you know, concerts and stuff. Like I would love to see Harry Styles. Like I saw those concert videos on um, TikTok and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun to just go see. But what are the chances of him coming to Alaska? You know, I'd have to fly somewhere in the lower 48 to watch something like that. Um, And definitely like even living here so remote, there are times where I just miss like the convenience of like fast food stuff like that. Like the other day I was kind of sad because I was like, I just really want like a McDonald's burger. Like I hate those, but I just really want one. But it was just like, (laughs) because I don't, I can't get it out here so easy and I can order it and have it dropped off at the air taxi, but it could get here like in five days. So it's not even good anymore. (laughs) Or Starbucks, like things like that, you know, and definitely like I miss out on it, but then it's not like the end of the world, you know? It's kind of nice not having the access to, like, the junk food and the extra spending. Like, I can save so much more money living out here, like, because I have to actually think about what I'm going to (laughs) buy so I don't have to be overwhelmed with, you know, options. Yes. Which, like, but you miss Target, which is the place of overwhelming options. (laughs) No. Literally, there's a Target that's not too far away from where the air taxi is in Anchorage. It's like a five minute drive. So first thing I do when I get to the city is I hop in the car and I drive straight to Target and I'm like, I feel like I'm home. (laughs) I love Target so much. (laughs) 
Now, thinking like ahead to the future, is there anything that you would like to change about where you live and the different options that you have? So I would definitely want to live here like my whole life. And like right now I'm living in a in an apartment and someday I'd love to just buy my own plot of land and build my own house. Like there was someone who came to me yesterday and was like, Selena, when are we going to start building your house? I was like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a few years away because, you know, it's expensive and getting everything out here is just pricey. But, you know, a lot of hard work and saving. I'm hoping that, you know, in the future I'll have my own little spot here in Port Allsworth that I can call my own. And whether I'm here full time or I end up getting married to someone and living somewhere else in the world, like I'll always have this little spot here in Port Allsworth that has like my family's namesake. Right. And that, that completely makes sense. And, um, you've got like the right sort of outlook on it. So is there anything else that I may not know to ask or something else that you would like to share with the listeners about you, your life, any of the experiences or anything? I honestly, I don't know. Like this has just been super cool to just, you know, touch on some other stories and talk more about, you know, life out here. This has been an awesome opportunity. Thank you, Sarah. Of course. Now, before I wrap things up with all of my guests, I do ask a random question. Um, so my question for you is going to be, what animal do you think should have wings that does not have wings? Oh my gosh. Okay, this is a really bad question because I'm like scared of all animals that have wings. <laughs> So maybe what animal not- shouldn't have wings? <laughs> Birds. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, what would be a really cool animal that had wings would be a, um, you know, a moose. Could you just imagine like a pegasus, like a moose pegasus, how cool that would be? Also how terrifying, but how cool that would be. <laughs> All right, that brings this episode to a close. I'll be leaving Selena's website in the description. That will bring you to a lot of good information, like links to her TikTok and other social media, along with uh, just more about her and things that she's got going on. So feel free to go check that out. And of course, if you would like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description as well. It brings you to all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our email is right in the description along with a link to donate to the podcast. If you're interested in doing that, or if you'd like to be a guest, I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much, Selena, for spending time with me today and to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you guys for listening. This was so much fun.